active the hive. Launching neurohive sequence. Welcome, welcome to the Smarter Marketing Revolution, presented by Hidden Force Media, with your host, Alex Vonderhaar. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we're hopping into uh, some realities around advertising and marketing. I know a lot of you have had a rough first quarter. It's not uncommon. It happens to a lot of people in the marketplace like this when there's a ton of uncertainty out there. And before you go and fire your ad agency, I want you to actually consider a few things. Or if you're a marketer or advertiser, you absolutely have to listen to this episode. But before we get started, If you've not listened to an episode before, we have a small fee for the show. I try not to run a whole bunch of ads. Uh, There is a lot of overhead for producing a show like this, but in order to try to keep costs down, we do ask one thing, which is that if you found value out of today's show, go share it with a friend. Uh, We don't do a ton of ads. I don't try to pitch you a bunch of products on here. We really do just try to bring you as much value as humanly possible. So, into today's episode. Madison Avenue is a street of myths and fairy tales, and one of the most popular is the notion that a campaign can always be judged by sales. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. Your clients are definitely guilty of judging a campaign by sales, but out of this comes one of the most relevant truisms that any marketing or advertising professional knows. You're judged in what you did for me yesterday, and that model can break extremely easy. If sales were down yesterday, then the whole campaign must be bad. Oh, you only hit a 2x ROAS for me over the last two weeks, so everything we're doing must be wrong. But when sales are up, it's a great campaign, right? But when sales drop, so does your retainer typically. Unfortunately, it's not the whole picture because this isn't often true. And in fact, there are most often poor judgments made by impatient business owners. There's this great Winston Churchill quote that fits perfectly with this, and he said it when he was on the floor of the Mother of Parliaments. There are two reasons for everything, a good reason and the real one. This is extremely true within advertising, and before condemning or praising a campaign, it needs to be dissected for all of its merits, all of its warts, all of its cancerous materials, and see and really think about it. Was it effective? Did it do what it needed to do? Was there other market conditions? I want you to think about something. Let's say a famous jewelry company had been running a super successful campaign that had been up for months and months and months, and then a massive news story breaks about blood diamonds, and it goes viral across the internet, and it tanks the desire for that huge hunk of carbon to sit on a lady's finger. So when the sales decline, was it a successful campaign? What about for a local mom-and-pop burger joint who decided to run a TV commercial for the first time? And two weeks into the campaign, there's a massive outbreak of E. coli in their local market, and the whole market collapses around them because nobody wants hamburger meat. I don't want you to think that marketing and advertising isn't an important factor, because it is. I simply want to make the point that big mistakes can be made if you try to judge an advertising campaign exclusively by the sales. I was recently at a high-level business event where I had to pay over $50,000 just to enter into the room. And we were talking about why sales could move up and down within a business. And out of the 37 different ways that I captured from this room, advertising was only one of them. The product may be wrong. 
The price may be at fault. Distribution may be piss poor right now because everybody's having distribution issues. The sales force may not be adequate or properly trained. Budgets may be too low. Better product may be sweeping through the market. A new competitor may be outwitting you with better deals. These are just some of the many variables that got thrown around. And it got me thinking, when the wheel has 37 or 50 spokes on it, who's to say which spoke is actually supporting the wheel? It gets us thinking that there's this idea of pooled and the unpooled. And it begins with this reality of advertising, which is a little bit of simple math. But we're going to get through it. There's nothing fancy. Basic addition and subtraction. But I want you to show, I'm going to show you that through this process, we can truly understand marketing and advertising through a different lens. Let's say that five out of every 100 people who don't know your advertising, which is 5%, are customers. Now, since these five people don't know your advertising and it's obvious that they must have chosen your product in another way, perhaps a friend told them about it. Maybe you gave them a free sample, which is my favorite way. Perhaps their doctors recommended it or maybe they were led to it by one of your old campaigns that they've forgotten and they can't actually place how they actually found out about you. Maybe they learned about it from one of their kids on TikTok or maybe one of their moms on Facebook, but they did not become customers as a result of your current advertising because they don't know your current advertising. Now let's walk into another room and maybe here are people who do know your advertising and they do remember you. They can prove that they know it because they can tell you correctly, let's say that 25 out of every 100 people who do know your advertising are customers. From 5% to 25%. Now you have one of the most exciting statistics in modern advertising. It tells you that if you ran no advertising at all for a while, you would sell 5% of the people, but that out of every 100 people who remember your advertising, an extra 20 are being pulled over to the usage of your product, the pooled versus the unpooled. Now, maybe sales are going up and down. There's a ton of different reasons that that could be, but where your copy is registered, you know that you're getting an extra 20% pulled over by copy or by your ad, and this can all be tracked now. The figure may be 20, 18, 10, 6, 3. Worse yet, it may even be zero. Worse than zero, it may be minus 3 or minus 10. And this is because we have the ability to lose when we advertise just as much as we have the ability to win. There's always a risk, and it can never be mitigated. Your advertising, in other words, may literally be driving away customers. Now, for the first time, you have a way to measure your campaign. Look at the digital metrics that are being given to you. We have a way to measure this. FDR was questioned, was questioning a physicist from Los Alamos who kept insisting that a certain thing could not be done. And he went in and kept saying, but you keep saying it's theoretically possible. Roosevelt was going back and forth with them, and the physicist was like, yes, it is also theoretically possible to count every grain of sand in the desert but practically it cannot be done. And to a lot of people who don't understand research, it may seem equally impossible to divide the whole population of the United States into two rooms, but as research professionals know, all that is needed is a broad enough sample, one wide enough and deep enough to reflect the total population. And when we start to get inside of the heads of these 360 million people that are here inside of the states, we can really get a good grasp on advertising. 
advertising to me is really one of the mysteries of the American business. Uh, you know, I, I, I can give inventory of a stock. I can calculate what my costs are going to be for my products. I can figure out my taxes and all these other things. I can use profit first to drive through. Yet there are times when I spend as much as $18 million in a year on advertising and have no idea what I'm really getting my money. No idea if it's going to work. And I know I'm not alone because advertising far too often is a mysterious vortex into which millions and millions and millions of dollars are pulled into every year with no guarantee of return. The only guarantee that we have is that we understand human psychology and we understand law of large numbers that go along with that. So we went into the pooled versus unpooled. Are you gravitating towards an item or are you gravitating away? And how do we repel those people faster that could potentially screw with our metrics? There's this really interesting study uh, where they looked at a bunch of people and they started to look and see if we could penetrate into certain marketplaces. Now, the first half of one of these studies, it's just uh, there's like a bunch of black bars on a really, really simplified chart, uh, but no advertising man will ever want to forget it for the chart is just filled with immense implications. Each one of the bars in the chart shows a percentage of the population penetrated by a famous advertising campaign. And you will see that one advertiser successfully put his message into 78% of the heads, another into 1%. We have not bothered to put down the percentages of each bar, because I'm not going to verbally do that. That would be insane. But some of these advertisers have penetrated 50, 60, 70, or the entire population, and some only 4 or 5 or 6%. So on the left-hand side, we've got the 78%, and then it trails down with bars all the way down to 1%. So just as a chart with 78 black bars, there's more to it than that. And it's actually the beginning of the reality in advertising, which is that a picture in cold black and white of the accomplishments of 78% of the best packaged goods and advertisers in the United States. In the past 20 years, these companies have spent billions of dollars trying to buy market penetration. Hundreds of agencies, thousands of brilliant men and women have labored and tried to register these advertising campaigns with America's 360 million people. Soap, cigarettes, cake mixes, candy, cereals, pop, soda, whatever you want to call it. We're all trying to go after that market penetration together. However, the real truth is that these bars and what really lurks behind them, we must sift out a data. And as we compare one brand with another brand and we measure the money each has spent to achieve these results, that's when your eyes start to really open up a lot. And the shape of reality in advertising really begins to appear. Some of advertising's most cliche and lofty campaigns begin to appear as just that. Cliches, old wives' tales, utterly divorced from reality. And out of the hundreds of accumulated cases that we've seen, there's very few that actually manage to work their way to the top. And it's mostly because they get forgotten. And it's because advertising's history flows up and down on a procession of bars. Some days a separate podcast will be written and we'll be talking about this in a different way. But at the end of the day, all marketing ebbs and flows. All advertising ebbs and flows. Penetration, however, is concerned only with sinking the message home. Even more important is what message do you wish to sink home? Because marketing is truly a game of memorization. And I will die on the sword 
knowing that is a fact of marketing and advertising. Guys, I have one more quick section for you here. I know there's a ton of notes, and I know there's a lot of questions that are going to come out of this. You know what? We're not going to get into it. I'm actually going to leave it for the next episode. Go back, take some notes. There is a lot inside of here. And until next time, go make somebody smile today. It's incredible what kind of impact it can leave on their life.